Hello. And uh, welcome to History and Herstory Podcast. We're back. And better than ever. I mean, not any better than any other week. Uh, mm, debatable. Why? I don't know. Because we're back. I don't know. Not like we were missing. <laughs> I always feel like in between episodes, though, like we don't. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's always a long time. But it is like if you think about it, like between our own episodes, it's two weeks. Yeah. True. So maybe that's why it feels like it's a long time, even though it's not actually a long time. Maybe. But anyway, we're back. It's my episode this week, which means it's episode thirty. Thirty. The big three zero. I turned the big three zero last year. Sure did. Old man. Old. I was comparing my ages to the other uh, members of my band and our band, and your brother and I's band. And (laughs) (laughs) hi Troy. Um, (laughs) he listens. Does he? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, hi Troy. He also likes long episodes. Our band, anyway. Um, and they're all really young, and I'm an old man. Yeah. I'm like. Eight, nine, and ten years older than I think. Well, no, seven, eight, and nine years older than the rest of them. The other three. Like an old. I know. What are you, Awful. a million? Uh, I know, and they keep me up till two thirty in the morning, like drinking and eating keeper. pizza, and I'm like, Ugh, I want to die. <laughs> Where's the asper cream? <laughs> I'm a I'm the geriatric band member. My bedtime was six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Who's got the jello? <laughs> jello. <laughs> jello, you got a base. <laughs> so anyway, episode 30. Pretty exciting. 30 weeks we've done this. More than half a year. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it was because our first like foray into podcasing was Which us talking will, about music. Which will release eventually. I don't even know if I have them anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh. So well, we, we may not have those it? recordings, but um, that was our first like foray into podcasting was us talking about music that we like. So I was thinking about this, though. Now, this is live on the air, and you can cut this out if you want to, but spitballing here, if we go back to doing that, but we switch off weeks, where like when you're telling a history week, it's my music week. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, we would record those probably on like a Monday or something so that they're coming out at like opposite ends of the week. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah. So we'll think we'll think about that. Baloney Snowflake Productions will be expanding into another podcast. If anyone else so wants many. to have a I was talking to um I was talking to the band and I was like we should like sublet out because uh, Nick and Troy want to do a podcast and I was like, You guys can rent our studio. Hundred bucks a show. <laughs> Are we calling this a studio? <laughs> <laughs> this corner with a Britney Spears blanket yeah. draining over it. Well, no, but I was thinking like that would be kind of cool if they want to do something. I mean, it'd be very hit and miss on whatever they did just because it's they, they live in Missoula. But um, if they wanted to use it, it is possible to use. Yeah, I mean, they need to kick Eric, or Eric out and just have that room downstairs to like do whatever they want in. Yeah. Hi, Eric, if you listen. He doesn't, <laughs> but hi. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is episode 30. We have done this for 30 weeks now, which is bananas. Um, next week will be normal. 
the week after that, so episode 31 will be normal. Episode 32, though, is when we're going to have our special guest on. So it yeah. might be, we might do a, an episode 32 and then also episode 33 might end up being, might end up being the special guest show. Or we could have a bonus episode. Or we could have a bonus episode. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. The podcast gods are shining down upon us. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I hear I hear his story's already ready, so That's exciting. It is. Hi, Andrew. Is it about wheelchairs? I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> what a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think so. I didn't ask him. I don't want to know. I want to find out that night when we record. Well, yeah. You know, I was kind of hoping it'd be kind of nice since we're going to be probably at a hotel when we record that episode. It'd be kind of cool if we could do like a poolside episode, but it's still going to be February. Also, I don't feel like microphones and electronics and a pool mix. I'm not saying we do it while we're sitting in the pool. I'm just saying like sipping drinks, sitting next to the floor, like, you know, on the little concrete pad that goes around the pool. Is it an outdoor pool or an indoor pool? I have no idea. The acoustics would suck. Yeah. But that's why you'd have to, we'd have to use different microphones. It'd be a whole thing. But I was just like in my head. I've heard other podcasts do like poolside episodes. Huh. And it's not, I mean, they always, the audio is kind of garbage, but it's always kind of fun because there's always a lot of people around and stuff and people like popping in and out of the mic. That Anyway, it's <laughs> neither here nor there because that's not going to happen. But um, that'll be a fun episode. So either episode 32 or 33, that'll be our bonus, bonus episode slash special guest episode. Yeah. Look forward to that. Um, all that being said, let's actually continue episode 30 now. What do you got for us today? Um, I think I've got something that you'll like, you're going to really like. Have you ever heard of Centralia, Pennsylvania? I've heard of Centralia, Washington. That's Central... Centralia? Is it? Ah, maybe it is spelled the same. That's where Emma's from. Okay. Well, this is Centralia, C-E-N-T-R-A-L-I-A. That's Centralia is spelled Centra- in Washington. Centralia, Centralia. Anyway, in Pennsylvania? It's in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um. So, we're going to talk about Centralia, Pennsylvania, and why it's kind of not on the map anymore. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in the in the small town of Pennsylvania called Ashland... Uh, this is where Route 61's northbound traffic is temporarily branched onto a short detour. Exactly what the detour is circumventing is not immediately clear to travelers. However, few passersby pay it any mind. A detour is nothing unusual, but anyone who ignores the detour and ventures along the original Route 61 highway will soon encounter an abrupt and unexplained road closure. Beyond it lies a town filled with overgrown streets, smoldering earth, and ominous warning signs. It is the remains of the borough of Centralia. Why you look at me like that? Because I this sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know if it's what I'm thinking of. So this Route 61, I, and I was going to mention this at the end, but I guess I can mention it now. This Route 61, if you've, if anyone listening has ever heard of the travel destination, the Graffiti Highway, Route 61 is the Graffiti Highway. So it's the highway leading into Centralia from where this roadblock is set up, and it's the road is completely covered in paint. And oh, here I'll give you the specifics of what it's covered in. It is covered in multiple colors, quotes, names, smiley faces, and of course, crude drawings of body anatomy. 
Graffiti. <laughs> graffiti. So we'll talk more a little bit more about the graffiti highway at the end, but that's um that's what Route 61 became was this graffiti highway. So Centralia, Pennsylvania was never a particularly large community, but it was once a lively and industrial place. At its peak, the coal mining town was home to 2,761 people, but today the population of its cemeteries far outnumbers that of its living residents. The series of events which led to the community's demise, slowly diminishing its numbers to less than a dozen, began about 44 years ago. 44 years ago from when this when this uh, article was written. but In 1867? Well, no. Um, 1962, actually. Was when the article was written? No. 1962 is when this occurs. So oh, the article was written, I think, in the mid-2010s or whatever. Okay. Uh, before COVID. Because... And we'll talk about this a little bit at the end, but the you can't go see at least as far as I could, as far as I read, you can't go see the graffiti highway right now because it's covered because of COVID. Okay, doesn't make any sense, right? It, uh, anyway, okay, is that where you go to get COVID? Does it have a giant mask on? What yeah, do you mean they masked the road actually. What do you mean it's covered? They covered it with the owner of the roadway covered the road with like tarps, I guess. I saw a um I was reading so uh, the road doesn't get was, COVID? Well I no, I so <laughs> people don't go there and then give each other COVID, I think is the reason because it's in a it's a tourist attraction. Okay. Um one of the things I read, like it was on Trip Planner or something like that, like one of those websites where you can plan like going where they have like reviews of uh uh like, like national parks and, and yeah, and destinations and stuff. And some of the reviews were like one star, unable to see due to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and other ones were like, five stars. I love it. Bring cans of paint. Blah, 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 blah. But we'll get into why um, some people don't like it. Uh, so in 1960s, let's get to actually what happened here. Okay. In 1962, just before big, the big Memorial Day parade, workers had set a heap of trash ablaze in an abandoned mine pit, which was used as the borough's landfill. The burning of excess trash was a common practice, yet at that particular time and place, there existed a dangerous condition, an exposed vein of anthracite coal. Now, you are a geology major. Can you tell us anything about anthracite coal? Anthracite coal is, uh, you know, coal <laughs> that just burns forever mm -hmm. because it's so compact and it's made of, of so much, like, plant material and it's, um, yeah, it's just burns sure and that's exactly what happens mm -hmm. the burning of excess trash was a common practice yet at that particular time and place there existed a oh sorry that was the exposed vein of anthracite coal the highly flammable mineral was unexpectedly ignited by the trash fire it was in an abandoned like they started this fire in an abandoned mine and then they said it was unexpectedly started this fire like or unexpectedly ignited the coal i don't know how unexpected it could be if they're starting this in a mine pit Anyway. Well, if it's abandoned, I would imagine that they thought it was all gone. I guess. Like they but stopped mining it because they stopped getting stuff out of it. Perhaps. Anyway, this um, highly flammable mineral was unexpectedly ignited by the trash fire, prompting a quick effort to put it out. The flames on the surface were successfully extinguished, but unbeknownst to the firefighters, the coal continued to burn underground. Over the following weeks, it rapidly migrated into the surrounding coal mines and beneath the town, causing a great concern. So essentially now you have a town sitting on top of... A fire. A fire, yeah. A fire that's burning forever. 
pretty much underground. So soon the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Resources began monitoring the fire by drilling holes into the earth to determine the extent and temperatures of the fire. Now, can you, as someone who studied rocks and stuff, can you think of a problem with them doing that? Like, what can you think of an initial problem with them doing that? It's drilling holes into the earth to check on the fire. I mean, you give it more oxygen to burn. Right. Yeah. They're like... <laughs> Oh, I was going to drill down here. Up, oh, yep, I can see the fire <laughs> down there. Now you just uh, got little flame geysers coming up all over. So there. that's exactly what happens. Um, in retrospect, it was realized that the well-meaning workers may have unwittingly provided the fire with a natural draft by drilling these boreholes. You're just feeding, yeah, you're just feeding it more and more every time they mm-hmm. drill down. Uh, as a precaution, the department also installed gas monitors in many homes within the affected area, but nonetheless, many residents complained of symptoms of carbon monoxide exposure, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, they're kind of living above just carbon monoxide at all times. Well, yeah, you, black lung. <laughs> like. Yeah. So, uh, in 1969, seven years after the fire was started, a more involved effort was made to contain the fire using trenches and clay seals, but the attempt was made with failure. In the 1970s, concerns over the severity of the extensive subterranean fire were stirred when a gas station owner noticed that the contents of his underground fuel storage tank seemed hot. <laughs> you know, imagine now uh, your dad works for DEQ and used to monitor underground storage tanks. Can you imagine like the entire Department of Environmental Quality's response if they got a call from a gas station and said, hey, I think my ga- one of my underground gas tanks is running a little hot. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, concerning. So he measures the gasoline's temperature, finds it to be 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Jesus, <laughs> a little hot? He's like, it's boiling. <laughs> Not quite. I, mean, I don't know what the boiling point of gasoline is. Not quite the boiling point of water, but uh, 180 degrees. That's pretty hot. Uh, yeah, that's really hot. <laughs> like, that'll burn. Yeah, definitely. So numerous attempts were made to extinguish or contain the underground fire over the next two decades. So 20 years they spent trying to get this figured out. The mines were flushed with water and burning coal was evacuated. But despite the persistence of the workers, their efforts were unsuccessful. The work continued for years at a great expense with no appreciable progress. So they're looking at, what did I say, 2,700 people or so. That was at its peak, which I think from what I was reading, it peaked around like World War One. So population was kind of declining into the mid-1900s anyway. But, I mean, even if you take the declination of the population, you're probably still looking at like 2,000 people that are currently sitting on top of, I don't want to say a bomb, but they're sitting on top of um, like almost like, living on top of a volcano where it's like constant burning and the ground beneath you is that you put it this way they didn't have to worry about their pipes freezing in the winter that's true they had <laughs> to worry about it's like living on top boiling of, showers well it's though. like a living on top of a hot spring right like i mean uh adjacent yeah i would say it's more akin to a hot spring than a volcano because it's like volcanoes erupt and like there wasn't really a threat of this exploding like the gas yeah, tanks and stuff true. would explode but the the coal and stuff itself it was just burning it was just burning 
So, after burning beneath the surface for almost 20 years, the fire drew national media attention, and some of our listeners that were around back then might remember this. Um, In 1981, when the ground crumbled beneath the feet of a 12-year-old named Todd Domboski. Todd Domboski. The sinkhole, four feet wide, 150 feet deep. (laughs) Holy shit. Bye, Tom. That's like uh like a portal to hell. Yeah. Four feet wide. That's not that wide. And it's on fire. <laughs> and a hundred and fifty feet deep. Jesus. <laughs> what that's like ten stories? Fifteen stories. I think a story is about ten feet. Is so it? yeah. A hundred and fifty feet deep. The sinkhole. Uh, had sufficient heat and carbon monoxide concentration that would have killed the boy had his cousin had not been there to pull, pull him, help pull him to safety. So obviously he didn't like slide all the way down the 150 feet. But Jesus. It was not the first nor the last sinkhole caused by the fire, but it was the most sobering. So I'm sure sinkholes had been opening already, but yeah. this was the first one that... This is like Timmy fell in the well, but Timmy actually fell into hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, all that coal has been burning for 20 years, so it's like, it's burning up. It's not going away, but it's like, it's leaving holes in the ground. Yeah. Like, it, those coal veins are leaving holes in the ground, so then when like you touch the right spot, and it's warm, so it's all like kind of mushy anyway. Like right. It's, it's like a perfect, uh, a perfect storm for sinkholes. Yeah, Jesus. So at that point, about $7 million had been spent in the firefighting effort. Experts determined that the only option remaining to effectively battle the fire would be a massive trenching operation, but at the cost of about $660 million. Yeah. With no guarantee of success. Right, because, I mean, how far does it go? and right. how How far do you trench? Right. Uh, in the mid-1980s, left with such limited options, the state of Pennsylvania basically condemns the entire town and spends $42 million in government funds relocating most of the residents. Now, mind you, I said most of the residents. Because, I'm sure there were those because like, 12 that were like, you not, can't take my Right, shit. not unlike Florida when they're like, hey, there's a hurricane coming. You gotta leave your homes. They're like, I'll die on this home. And you're like, exactly. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> yes, but there's also the thing of like people can't afford to leave their house i guess like i can't afford a tank of gas and i'm about to go sit on this interstate for 12 hours with every single other person that lives in florida but it's like can't afford it death on two hands <laughs> like, what are you gonna do leave and like they jack up this all the hotel prices and stuff like he, that around here, there because they know the people thing. are gonna buy it this is why um People need friends and people need like, or at least like people need community, right? This is why you shouldn't live in Florida. Well, okay. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just go ahead and just throw a damper on every one of our listeners that live in Florida. Like, Cause like when move. the time comes, nobody should live in Seattle. That is the worst place to be in that big. Yeah. I used to talk all the time about if like when that, when the big earthquake hits, especially that first apartment we lived in, it, it was at the top that of a hill. Gone. We would have gone right into the lake. Holy shit. Into the creepiest, like most disgusting lake I've ever seen. In Multiple bodies found in that lake. I all would the time. believe it. Did you know there's a permanent fire burning in the middle of it? I did. Not unlike this fire. Although I think that's, I think it's a tire fire, if I remember correctly. No, it's a 
kind of the same thing. It's peat moss. Oh, is that it? Um, yeah, they're just burning forever. Yeah. So similar. Well, peat moss when it gets like compressed and um, whatever becomes coal. So it is pretty much the same exact thing. So I wonder if um. I can't remember that fire, though. Lake Ballinger, in case anyone is uh, curious, Lake Ballinger is the lake that we're talking about that has a small island in the very center of it that has a burning fire, a perpetually burning fire. It's not unlike the Olympic torch, except it's... <laughs> except it's made of bodies and trash. Yeah, it's a pretty garbage lake. Um, yeah, I don't know how that fire started. I remember hearing stories from the people I worked with that have lived there for 20 or 30 years or whatever, it 50 was, uh... years. And- like they were having a barbecue on it or something, and then they like threw the coals and it so, started on fire, and it just never stopped on fire. Sure, and it's uh like when I when I say it's an island in the middle of a lake, like it's actually an island in the middle of the lake, so you're not gonna get like a fire truck out there, <laughs> not very easily I mean, anyway. You can get a couple of buckets, I guess, but I'm not gonna go fight it. Anyway, so uh, your brother's gonna be real disappointed because this will probably end up being a shorter episode, but. Well, you can listen twice. <laughs> right. Uh, so the fire still burns today, to this day. Yeah. <laughs> this is, we're now talking about the Centralia fire again. <laughs> Back <laughs> to Pennsylvania. Uh, fire still burns today beneath about 400 acres of surface land, and it's still growing. There's enough coal in the eight-mile vein to feed the fire for up to 250 years, but it may burn itself out in as few as 100 years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like... Our kids' kids might read one day, the fire's finally out. But well, maybe not. Wow. A few residents remained in the borough after the buyout, but their numbers have dwindled since then to about a dozen. Most of the Because un- of the lung cancer and, and the-, the carbon monoxide. And yeah. Uh-huh. Most of the unoccupied homes and buildings have been raised, and large portions of the town are being reclaimed by nature, leaving meadows crisscrossed with overgrown asphalt roads and the occasional steaming or smoking hillside like there are still these holes right that these guys dug so you could still like to this day you could go there and you can see just smoke pouring out of a out of the side of a hill or out of the road (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty metal in its prime centralia was a vibrant community with five hotels seven churches 19 general stores which is way too many hotels for Two jewelry stores and about 26 saloons. Well, that cracks. <laughs> Remember, there's 2,700 people, 26 saloons. If I lived on top of a hill, I'd want to go to the bar, too. <laughs> Today, it is a modern ghost town whose guts have been burned out and whose main path of ingress have been closed and detoured. The residents were expected to return in 2016 to open a time capsule, which was buried, buried in the town in 1966. But it melted? Back when the town's future was still somewhat optimistic. However, this time capsule was dug up in 2014 to prevent looting. They were also worried about it, yeah, getting damaged. Gotcha. Um, the time capsule meant a lot to some of the folks that still live there. We'll talk about a couple of the folks, or at least one of the guys that still lives there, still lived there. The future is now more grim. There is currently no further plans to extinguish the fire, and most modern maps no longer show a dot where Centralia was once located. Damn. Doesn't even exist anymore to some people, most people. So there's genuinely nobody living there anymore. No, there still is. There's a couple. There's a handful of people. Mm-hmm. Less than 12. It doesn't even have a zip code anymore. Like the, the pencil, state of Pennsylvania was like, nope. You don't exist. <laughs> like right. you're just this little <laughs> batch of people. You have to have the zip code of like the neighboring town. Right. You don't have your own zip code anymore. 
Uh, so I did talk a little bit about the graffiti highway. Uh, so in April 2020, the owner of the Centralia Highway, didn't say who that was, covered the road to discourage visitors due to COVID. So it's not that the road's going to get COVID. They just didn't want people showing up to spray paint it. That was a joke, obviously. I know. And then they didn't want people showing up to uh, to gather and um, cough on each other or whatever. While they're, out in the open? While they're drawing smiley I faces guess. and penises. That's very responsible of them, but also... But also, I like, I got me thinking, it didn't say specifically, but like, who's the owner of that road now? The mayor. We'll talk about the mayor. Great. In 1982, really quickly before we talk about the mayor, in 1982, a resident named Tom Larkin showed uh, he showed how the heat rising from the ground could cook an egg in a skillet. You can find we'll we'll post this picture because I found the picture. It's a picture of him just he's he like cracked an egg, uh, in a frying pan and just like held put the frying pan on the ground, and, <laughs> and then like, it just cooks sh- the sh- egg. Sh- <laughs> You know, like a couple years ago in Yellowstone, the um, like the roads were melting because of the like the subsurface lava that was going on. I did not know that. Wild. So did that cause a bunch of roads to melt? Well, I mean, I was gonna say um, sinkholes. So that sounds like again perfect opportunity for a sinkhole. I don't know. I didn't hear about any. I wouldn't think so. Yellowstone's got all kinds of problems. If it's not lava under the ground, it's water above. They just had all that flooding last year, too. Yeah, they did. No, I haven't heard about any sinkholes, and I don't think... I think if there were sinkholes, it would cause a whole bunch more shit, and then, like, the release of pressure, and then we'd all be fucked. (laughs) Just blow up. We'd just be dead. Yellowstone's the one, right? That's the volcano of, like, if and when it goes off, it's going to send... It's the super volcano. It's going to send ash all the way, like, down Russia or whatever, Mm, all the way on that side of the earth. Cause an ice age, because it'll all block out the sun for so long. Yeah. Cool. We would never know that it happened, because we'd be dead instantly, so there's that. So if I just wake up dead one day, I'll be like, oh, must have been a volcano. Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a I, I talked to you about this a little bit. This is an off subject, but like thinking about like waking up dead. Like the other day we were watching something. Oh, we were watching an episode of House and like this person's just working and then their building collapses. Oh, they're no, a crane from the construction site next door lands on their building oh, and yeah. crushes them. Right. And I was like, that could just happen. Like, that's so, it's, life is weird that way. How you could just be, I could just be, like, tip-tapping on my computer keyboard at my, at my office, and then, oh, a crane fell on me. (laughs) (laughs) Guess I'm done. (laughs) Like, no, and, and I don't get, like, there's no, there's no decision to make. There's no, like, you know, they talk about, um, like, what's freedom, and freedom is, like, the ability to make you know choose your life choose your what you do what you eat where you go who yeah, you, you hang like your out agency with, like that. yeah if a crane falls on you don't get a choice like you're <laughs> i mean you maybe you survive maybe you don't but that's your time man. yeah like that's <laughs> like you don't get any choice in that matter what really screws me up is that your body can just be like uh-uh <laughs> <laughs> like you could have a little little tiny piece of something go into your brain and your brain's just like nope <laughs> We're done. Over it. 
your heart could just be like, um. You have a clot go into your brain. It stops the blood. It creates an embolism. The embolism explodes. The embolism is swelling, right? And the, it swells up and then it bursts and then that's an aneurysm and then you bleed in your brain. You're dead. I didn't know you were a doctor. I took neuropsychology. I talked with the, my therapist about this last week. Uh, <laughs> about this specific scenario? No, about neuropsychology. Oh, well. Um, no, I had to tell one of the classes I took for my psych degree was neuropsychology. And we talked about embolism, like the difference between an embolism and an aneurysm and a clot and all that stuff. Sure. I just watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Right. For, which is well known for its complete and accurate medical. Well, listen, I feel fairly confident that I could take out your appendix right here, right now. I don't. Anyway. So all the, so Tom Larkin cooked an egg. <laughs> on some burning and he's not ground. the mayor he's not the mayor the mayor at the time of when they shut the uh shut the town down like when pennsylvania was like here's 20 bucks go move here's 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> go buy a new house in a 2006 uh interview 90 year old lamar mervine then the mayor of the town spoke of how he and his wife wanted to stay in this town even as the state wanted to take the property he said quote I remember when the state came and said they wanted our house. She took one look at that man and said, they're not getting it. <laughs> All right, grandma. Uh, he continued saying, quote, this is the only home I've ever owned and I want to keep it. He died in 2010. Same. Yeah. I mean, I. I okay, look, in 2006, he was though. 90. So he lived to be 94 and. If he was the mayor of the town in the 80s when they shut it down, he he lived in that town for a long time just inhaling carbon monoxide. That guy was a champ. He's like a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get it, though. Part of me is like, if that's the only place that you've ever known and it's like, that's your community for your whole life. Yeah. Like... I wouldn't want to leave. Well, either. and you know, Ray down the street's not going, and Barbara da- up the road's not. They're not leaving. There's going to be twenty of you that are. <laughs> Hell no, we We're won't go. Live off the land. <laughs> Except you can't because the land's the on bread. fire. <laughs> Sherry makes the bread. She on her it in the backyard on her bakes. driveway because right. it's so hot. Um, I don't know. I also read this, which I don't. I haven't really. I didn't read any more into it. <laughs> But it said that the town inspired the 2006 film Silent Hill. However, that was a video game before it was a movie. So I don't know if I don't know if the original video game was based off of Centralia. It was a Japanese video game, so I don't think so. I've but never heard of it. Never Silent Hill, it. yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty major um survival horror video game series. But I haven't played any of them. Hmm. So but apparently the film was based off of at least a town of Centralia, I guess. Does it have a sound? Does what have a sound? Like the <laughs> the fire. I imagine like you're standing out in your backyard in the middle of the night and everything's quiet. And you just, Can hear, you just hear like, hear like a... <laughs> you just hear the sound of like, like a campfire. Yeah. Like a campfire that's <laughs> in another room. Right. <laughs> Someone's screaming the word campfire at you from the next town. Right. You can hear you can hear the campfire about as much as you can taste the flavor in a in a one of those sparkling waters or whatever. A LaCroix. In a LaCroix, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I yeah, like I just know like hundreds of sinkholes have opened up there, and there are still people to this day that they hate the people that come there for the graffiti highway. There's a couple couple quotes I read. I don't have the exact quotes here, but but they were <laughs> okay. like, yeah. Um, drinking pops a bad idea because then I have to burp, and I don't want to burp directly into the mic. Like, bah! Well, I thought you had to sneeze, but then you turned away and you were like, Ugh. I was trying to like force a burp down, which will prob- that'll probably lead to me having an aneurysm or something. That burp bubble goes from my lungs into my brain, dead. Great. Um, what was I talking? Oh, so there were I I didn't get the exact quotes, but there was there's a handful of people that still live there that are like, we hate these tourists, we hate everyone that comes around because the at, like naturally the way people just general human beings are are trash. So people go there and they just assume that all of the property is abandoned. They don't know that people still live there. So they just walk around wherever they want. Yeah. And they, get off my lawn. Right. They throw rocks at buildings and, you know, oh, they go lay on the street because it's a cool 125 degrees or whatever. <laughs> Third degree burns, whatever. <laughs> and so people that the people that still do live there are like they're pissed about the whole so they're really happy that the highway got covered up. I don't know if it's going to ever be uncovered. Yeah. But there are pictures. We'll post pictures um, of the of the graffiti highway. It does look kind of cool. It's very colorful. Very colorful. People suck. Yeah. Human beings in general are just terrible. So you can't have nice things. This is And this is why. But anyway, that's my story. And I figured you'd really like that because I know you're really into the fire. Not Rats. fires, but like... <laughs> You're really into geology and science, and this also includes, like, a little bit of danger. <laughs> danger. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a good one. I have heard of this before, but I didn't know, like, all the details and stuff, so that was interesting. How, uh, okay. So, now knowing that it's coal mm-hmm. here's the thing that i connect it to like this weird core memory from when i was five mm-hmm. um we would go camping and then you know how like when you put out a campfire i know you've never been camping but you know when i've you... been camping but i don't i don't like it <laughs> nobody likes camping <laughs> <laughs> people just do it to do it you go out there to yell at your family <laughs> <laughs> i've never You're gone all... camping to be fair i've never gone camping with my family oh. i've only gone camping on like um there was like a church group i was a part of that went camping a couple times and then like with friends and stuff friends and their families well you go camping with your family so you end up hating them by the time you leave sure sounds wonderful you've gained five pounds you have a sunburn everybody's pissed and you thousand mosquito bites yeah (laughs) it's good time good time anyway um we would go camping and you know how you have to like pour water on the fire before you leave and whatever mm-hmm. and like mix it around and or else Smokey the Bear will come after you. Right. <laughs> Cuz mm-hmm. only you can Smokey the water, Bear, but... by the way, not Smokey Bear. They changed his name. To okay. Smokey Bear. Well, to me he'll always be Smokey the Bear. Anyway, continue. Anyway. Uh my dad told me once that like you have to do that because you know how pine needles like fall off trees and they get all like red and gross and that's what they dry causes up. fires and whatever yeah. he told me that there were like veins of those underground that would just burn forever so you could cause a fire in a different place because it, they would catch was he on bullshitting fire. you i don't know <laughs> i'm 100 certain now that he was referencing this story 
Well, I, we'll see him the day after tomorrow. We'll ask him. I'll be like, why'd you lie to me? <laughs> <laughs> like, eventually I figured out, like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that there aren't veins of pine needles running between towns? Yeah, probably Like, I'm not, not. going to cause a fire in a different state because I didn't put out my my fire correctly, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. That's pretty funny, though. I feel like most of parenting is just lying to your kids to get them to do what you want them to do. <laughs> or we're quickly finding that out. That's, yeah, 100%. Like when I was walking your daughter home today and she was like pointing at the sled. I'm like, nope, it's too cold. Even though it was like 37 degrees. And I've had her out sledding in far warmer weather than that. Or far colder weather than that, I should say. Nope. Yeah. Too cold. She was fine with it. You just didn't want to take any laps around the yard. That's also true. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a big yard. Yeah. Not to brag. Humble brag. It's a pretty big yard. I just mean like, <laughs> it's hard to run in snow. It's too big for me. I wish we had a smaller yard for this activity. Oh, shit. A smaller yard and a bigger house. <laughs> That's yeah, what I want. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. Any finishing thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. You're up next week. Yes. That'll be good. Episode 31. It's um, uh, it's Super Bowl weekend. It is. Do we care? Nope. Eagles, Chiefs? I like Pat Mahomes, so I guess I'll you just go for the Chiefs again. The lightning and the Preds. I, I heard it was, there's two brothers in the Super Bowl. Um, Neat. Peyton <laughs> and Eli? No, but like they're they're playing against each other. I'm just here for the uh, the snacks. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. And the commercials. Definitely, yeah. The Super Bowl halftime show isn't going to be that good this year. Yes, it is. It's Rihanna. Uh, Don't talk shit about Rihanna. I uh, know. I'd rather see the 90s hip-hop guys again. Okay, but I wanna see. I want to see 50 Cent Spider-Manning again. <laughs> That's what YouTube's for. Embrace Rihanna. If she sings um, either Rude Boy or... I guarantee it. Hysteria? Is that the other one? Disturbia? Disturbia. If she sings one of those two songs, I'll be okay with it. But She's got the hits. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Who would you want to see at a halftime show? Not Iron Maiden. Uh, they would never do it. If Okay, so let's we'll do this real quick. So we have to both pick a band or a group, but they have to be American. Rihanna's not American. It's an American sport. It's football. There's no Super Bowl in England. Okay. So you have to pick an American band. My pick, probably Bon Jovi. Yeah? Yeah. Or John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> Nothing screams America more than Jack and Diane. <laughs> um, okay, so Bon Jovi, but like... Mid eighties like Bon Jovi, before, like yeah, like before the he became CMT Bon Jovi. Yeah, definitely before the haircut, you know. Uh, no, because yeah. I was okay with um their album that they released in two thousand five, and he had the haircut then. That was their last good one, the Have a Nice Day album. Mm, I got. I saw that. In, I saw that live. It was really good. Once. And the second time it was bad. Anyway, who would you pick <laughs> quickly so we can finish up here? Uh, American band, quick band? go. Or singer. Elton. American? I was going to say Elton John. John Denver. <laughs> He's also dead. <laughs> Thank God I'm a football boy. Stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this question. I thought that I was going to think 
while you were talking and I didn't. Um, I wasn't prepared for it either. I just made it up on the spot. I mean, listen, I would love to see a Britney Spears halftime show. <laughs> I thought she already did it. She didn't. I thought she did. I don't think she did. Huh. Could have swore she did. Pretty sure she didn't. We'll edit that in post if if she did. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, hold on. Maybe. This is, wasn't wasn't she, she was with somebody, though. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't she with Justin Timberlake she, and, like, NSYNC and, no. like, Aerosmith? She, Aerosmith is what I'm thinking of, yeah. I don't think Backstreet Boys were there, though. For the, hold for on. NSYNC I, I'm going to Google this live on air. We're not cutting any of this out. Okay, but, like, uh, just a Britney halftime show, you know? Really, I just wanted to come back. Right. Um, yeah, here's a picture of her singing in 2001 next to Steven Tyler. So, yeah, she was there. Okay. <laughs> Steven still, Tyler of Aerosmith fame. Still was not a Britney halftime show, you know? NSYNC was there, and so was... When was this? 2001, oh. which would make 100% perfect sense. I was six, so... Three years before um, Nipplegate. <laughs> right. 2004. Which was 100% Justin's fault, and he's a... <laughs> piece of trash <laughs> with his stupid ramen noodle hair <laughs> yeah i know you don't he was like never good enough for her <laughs> <laughs> okay let's wrap this up that's our show for this week i hope you enjoyed learning about in centralia and why no one lives there anymore or very few people live there and how uh maybe in another 100 200 years uh that fire will finally go out yep. we'll mm -hmm. see none of us will be around for it so and uh God bless our Lord and Savior, Britney Spears. Oh, man. Yikes. Bye, All love right. you. Thanks, everyone. Bye, love you.